Hello and welcome to the Stafford Boxing Report. I, I am incredible. You, you don't even know what I went through. My name is Ghost. And I'm Big Stafford. Stafford Boxing Champions. Hello, everybody. We missed you all. And we're going to have a great show today. For sure. We have a guest. A Hall of Famer. Facts. And I love her name. And I'm going to add up with her, a.k.a. No Mercy. So no. today, we're going to have Mrs. Dear. Brooke, no murder. She's also an army veteran, and she was also BC lightweight champion before she retired. The best of the best. No cap. And the and the great thing about it is she went. I'm going to ask her about that too because that speaks very strongly. So Mar Special guest, Brooke No Mercy. What's up? What's up? Hey, what's going on? Oh, not too much. No. Just getting ready for the holidays. I know that's right. So, look, when I saw, I want to know how did you come up with that? Because that's value, volume, no. Mercy. No cap. Um, well, the No Mercy, I guess. Yeah, the No Mercy name just kind of, the No Mercy name just kind of grew when I first started fighting after I got out of the military. Um, I was just straightforward. Uh, I'm similar to the Mike Tyson style, take two to get one good one. Um, I'm a brawler. I'm not a boxer. I don't look pretty, but I'm a beast. I just go straightforward. So, I, over time, my husband, my coaches were just like, man, you, you just show no mercy, don't you? And I'm like, absolutely. I mean, it's a switch. You got to turn it on and off. But yes, when I'm in the ring, it's definitely no mercy. I am going in for the kill. You know what? I'm loving that, especially when comparing yourself with Mike Tyson, because we, we all know that he showed absolutely, because that's actually how you your mental thinking, how you even step into the ring. So I'm loving that. But let me something else. Well, there's a lot that stuck out. First of all, we want to say thank, thank you for your also an Army veteran. So we want, thank want you. to say thank you. So I would like to you decide to take go on that journey. Um. Oh, that's a long story. After after high school, I had um, scholarships to play basketball um, at NIU University. I wanted a little break from school. Um, long story short, person that I was talking to at the time wanted to join the service. I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds cool. And my dad was like, no, don't do it. Because my whole family is background is military army. They've all been, you know, they were drafted into the army. Um, and he's just like, no, don't do that. You know, take a year off, go to school. And I was like, no, do something different. 
I don't regret it. It was a great experience. It de definitely made me grow up and it helped me grow, but it, I, I wasn't a lifer. Um, so I just did my little, my little stint in there and, um, you know, but I met my husband there. So that's the one good thing that, you know, the great thing that came from the military for me was, you know, that's where we crossed paths. Um, we both met when we were stationed in Colorado. He had just came from overseas, got hurt over there when he was deployed um, and came there. And that's where we met. And that's where the story began for us. So, um, you know, that was something that great that came out of that. But yes, it, it's a great experience, but it's definitely not for everybody for a lifetime experience. Okay, so you all met when you all were in the army, where you were. So, because of that, I'm assuming that you're no problem with you getting into that ring then. Like, no, no, he didn't. Um, I started kind of training a little bit um, when I was in the military, just went to the gym. Um, a place that I worked at on the side, um, a local bar, they had fight nights there um, where just it was amateur stuff. Like anybody at the bar could get in as long as you signed a waiver and fight, you know, go a couple rounds with somebody. So that kind of intrigued me. So I was like, oh, and so I, I did that a couple times. And then from there, um, just went to the gym just to kind of work out a little bit. When I got out of the service um, and we went back to Illinois, where I'm from, I went to a local gym there. Um, cause I just want to stay in shape. Um, and so when we was working out and then the coach there, um, Jesse Torres was just like, oh, you should start doing amateurs. And I'm like, okay, yeah, cool. That's something fun I can do on the side. Um, so we did the gloves. I won the golden gloves a few times, won the nationals a few times. And then from there, I just couldn't get fights anymore in my area. Uh, nobody wanted to fight me. So, um, after I went to my trainer, Sam Colonna in Chicago, He's like, look, you either got to go pro or you just ain't going to fight. So I was like, well, let's do it. So, you know, we went from, you know, winning the, my last fight, winning the gloves. Um, right after that, we went pro. You don't mind me stepping in here real quick. You know, I got a couple of questions that I wanted to ask. So you talked about, you know, you had a basketball scholarship. So, so what position did you? I was point guard. Oh, so do you still got, got some hoop game? Because, you know, I do lock people up. So, you know, and I don't have oh. no mercy. I don't have I, no mercy. It's no mercy okay, in any, any sports that I do. I played them all. I had two older brothers. Okay. I played all the sports. But I definitely showed no mercy in every sport. Um, I'm just very athletic. Could play anything. Now, today, probably, definitely not. I haven't played basketball in years. Um, so I'd be a little rusty, but maybe after a couple months, could get back in there. Okay. Uh, the other thing is like, like, so you go to the military and then because you had a side job and at that side job, they had, had like amateur night. I Please, please uh, tell our viewers how, how you, you and your husband to the point where he also became your coach okay um so we both worked out together when we got out of the service we both went to the gym we both worked out um he also fought amateurs um so we both kind of did the amateur thing side by side um right before we started doing that i had my first daughter she's now 19 um 
right after we got out of the service, I had her. Um, so we kind of did it as the, the trio. You know, she went, she grew up in the gym. Um, everybody kind of helped with her. There's pictures of me handing her bottle with my gloves on from a newspaper from years ago. But we did that whole thing together. We just basically went to work and went to the gym. It was like an everyday routine. Um, he would fight, then I would fight. Sometimes we were on the same card. Um, the reason he kind of took over and went to coaching is because when I decided to go pro, I was with Sam Colonna um, out of Windy City Gym. Um, he's pretty notorious. Um, you probably know who he is. Um, but it was like an hour drive from where we lived to the gym in the city in Chicago because um, we were in the suburbs. And I was literally training with my husband all week. And then we would go out there one or two days a week just for sparring. Um, and to work with Sam for a couple hours um, with mitts and stuff. Um, so it got to the point where after my first couple of fights, um, my husband just like, you know, why don't I just get my coach's license? You know, we, we can't both be pro. And I, you know, and I, he's like, and he wanted me to follow my dream with going pro. So he's like, I'll just get my license and I can coach you. That way we can still do it together. Um, but, you know, so that way I wasn't wasting the time going to the gym an hour and a half away to spar. And really he was the one coaching me anyways, because I just didn't have the time to go to the gym every day with Sam. Um, and he, he trained a lot of guys, you know, big name guys. So he, there was only so many days he was available. So Chris got his, my husband, Chris got his coach's license. And then from there, we just, I, it was just me and him from there. We went to just gym hopping for sparring, just wherever we could go for sparring. Um, he was my main sparring partner for most of my career, but we would still go get other people to spar. Um, but it just made it so much easier because I was working with him one-on-one -on -one every day instead of just getting one or two days of an hour or two with the coach that I was with. Plus then you're paying the coach, you know, a percentage of your purse and you're paying them a percentage for this. And as you know, I, women didn't make money anyways, when I was fighting, um, it was pennies. So, that way at least the 800 bucks for that fight that I brought home, I got to keep in my pocket. It was for me and him instead of dishing half of it out. Just makes sense. That, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So let, let me ask you, when you were going, you said that you were uh, sparring. Did you spar with men and females? 99% um, of the time I sparred with men. Um, there were, there were females sometimes. Um, I would get female sparring, but very, very rarely. Um, later on in my career, I used to travel to Kentucky to, um, I would spar with Terry Blair. Um, you know, I'd meet up with some other pro fighters um, and we would just do sparring sessions. Um, but most of the time it was my husband and then, and or whatever gym we were at, whoever they had that was remotely close to my weight that wanted to get in and spar. Um, so yeah, most of the time it was guys, but on a special occasion, we'd get a girl in there. When I went to Sam's, so there was usually a couple girls. So let me ask you a question. Uh, so as you spawn with these men, how do you, you know, you know, feel like, you know what I'm saying? Did he tell the guy, hey, bro, look here, I'm going to tell you like too hard now. I mean, did they show any mercy with you or is they kind of? No, most of the men, especially later on in my professional career, when I had the belt, uh, most of the guys, when they, you know, they knew who I was because I'm local, 
when they seen the belt, they're like, you know, there's people in the gym, there's people watching, you know, and they're like, oh, I'm not going to get embarrassed by this girl. Like, I'm not going to let her hmm. show me up because I'm not going to lose to a girl with all these people watching. So very rarely did people take it easy. It was usually wars. By the end of it, both of us were bleeding. I mean, it was usually a like we were fighting for real. Um, there were a few times when I fought guys that were quite a bit heavier than me that would really hit me. But I always tell, and even the guys that were my size, I'm like, hey, the harder you go, the harder I'm going to go. <laughs> so don't get stupid because then I'm going to get stupid. <laughs> so, you know, oh if you God. if you hurt me, I'm going to let you know. So, I mean, that's kind of always how it was. I, I would go, you know, whatever you give, I'm that's whatever you want to give out, dish out, I'm going to dish it right back. So I usually kind of told people that, but no, he, he kind of let it go. I don't think there was ever a, maybe one time where somebody really hit me. That was probably like 50 pounds heavier than me that my husband got pretty upset. And then he actually got in and sparred with him. So he kind of oh, took it out. That oh, really? <laughs> yeah. oh, okay. But yeah. No, the guys didn't usually like to take it easy on me because they didn't want to get embarrassed. Gotcha. I can see that now when, you were sparring with the men. Okay, so when you spar with the men, you were able to spar with the women. Would you say sparring with the men more before you actually had your fight because of, and then it was more painful and also, I guess, certain the different fighting techniques that some of the men would have than the women? So would you say? Yeah, I would. I would say if I was in training camp, um, I, I preferred. I guess it was better for me to spar with the men because most men, ninety percent of the guys I was sparring with were either amateur or pro fighters. So their level of just how they fight and like their styles. Um, they're easily, easily to be able to match other fighter styles that you're going to be fighting. Um, and they, they push you harder. I think, um, especially when you're on an elite level, if you're a female sparring some, not all of them, but some of the amateur girls or girls that are, you know, less experienced. Sometimes it's just not enough. It's not hard enough work for you when you're trying to prepare for a battle. So I would prefer to spar with guys who are better than me or, you know, at least on the same level in me and be able to push me to go harder than somebody who's even with me or a little bit less than me, because then it, I feel like you don't take as much out of the sparring session to actually prepare you for the fight. So I'd rather get in there and come out like I just actually fought 10 rounds for a title fight and feel like I actually accomplished something than to just go light sparring. I mean, Obviously, you want to take it easy because you don't want to hurt your sparring partners, but you want it to be tough. So that way you're prepared when you get in there and you're not getting winded or you're not getting tired or, you know, they might throw something at you that you're like, no way she's going to hit me. Because if he if I can stop him from hitting me, how is she going to hurt me? Or if I can take his power punch, she's not going to knock me out because I just took somebody that's 20 pounds heavier than me guys punch. So, I, you know, it was good, but it was nice when you were able to get in with the female um, who was experienced, um, that was nice because then, you know, you're on a level playing field that way. I can see that. You talk about your, you and your husband. Uh, and, and the reason why I'm bringing this, me and my wife, we doing this together. So mm -hmm. when I, you know, 
come across another a great relationship, a great marriage, and they do things together. You know, there are times our husband and wives, but then there are times when we are, you know, business partners where we have different ways to hold each other uh, uh, accountable in business because in business it's about. So, with that being said, what is the training regimen that your husband into your routine so that you could? be at the level that you needed to be to compete? Um, yeah, I mean, as far as like our business relationship and boxing side of it, um, you know, after I went from him to be my trainer, he was my trainer, he was my manager, he was my promoter, he did it all. I mean, it was just me and him. That way I didn't have to spend any money because we weren't making money. Um, so he did all of that. And as far as our um, routine, um, like I said before, I mean, we both work jobs, so we would work, literally get off work. We'd go straight to the gym. Um, we'd work out for two, three hours, do our routine. You know, we would do, I'm not a huge runner. I actually hate running. <laughs> I know everybody's like, no, you got to run. I'll, I'll catch you next time on the flip side. Cause I'm just, I can't, I can't stand running. It hurts my legs. I don't know why I can do short distances, but not three, four, five miles. I'm like two miles, maybe three that's pushing it. Um, so, I mean, I would do my running, my little running, but I didn't do no long distance running because I just, my body didn't like it. Um, but then we would, we, our regiment and our routine was action. So I would do a little bit of bag work. We do a little bit of speed bag, you know, we do a little bit of the double end bag, all that stuff, but mainly our routine, what I feel best was for me with my style was mitts, mitts, mitts because it, but he does the Mayweather style mitts, um, long combinations, um, consistent punching, um, not where sometimes you see people doing mitts and they might throw one, two, three punches and then they take, you know, they're bouncing all around. No, we were literally, you know, doing four or five punch combinations back to back to back. Like the, like when you see Mayweather doing mitts and he's just going, 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 that's the style of mitts that he does. That's how my husband does mitts. So it was very tiring. So if you do, you know, you're doing four, five, six, seven, eight, nine rounds of mitts. I mean, you feel like you just sparred uh, because there's, it's, it's straight, it's heavy, um, a lot of punching, um, a lot of defensive moves, a lot of movement, a lot of punching, a lot of spinning, but there's not a lot of breaks in between. Um, so we did mitts a lot and sparred a lot. Um, I, me personally, I feel like most of the work um, to get prepared is done in the ring actually sparring and doing the pad work and working on your combinations, working on your movement, working on, um, you know, your uppercuts and your hooks and working on all that stuff on the mitts and then getting in the ring and sparring and practicing it and, you know, getting it down pat and getting it perfected that way. Um, you know, a lot of people do so much extra stuff outside the ring. There's so much more we could have done. I mean, we would do the flipping of the tires and we would do the, the hammer on the tires and we would do all that stuff. But, not as rigorous as some people would do in camp. I guess maybe we could have did more, but I, I don't feel like I was ever not prepared or I was ever not in enough shape or whatever the case may be, considering I was a full-time mom, I was working a full-time job and we were fighting on the side. <laughs> so, I mean, we prepared the best we could. I could have probably did some more, but for me and him, the best, the best way to get prepared for a fight is actually to fight.
So mm -hmm. it was sparring and it was mitts was our main things. We would do the weights and we would do the other stuff, but it was, it was here and there. It was bits and pieces, but every single day that we worked out five, six days a week, we might take one day off a week, uh, maybe two, if it was, you know, a really rough couple of days and we were like, I was so sore. Um, but otherwise, I mean, it was mainly, we did a lot of mitts and we did a lot of sparring. Now, we're going to talk about the October 22nd, but I would like to, if you would let our viewers know some of those who fought. Uh, some people that I fought. Yes. Um, the most, probably the most notable fighters that they would know. I mean, after my third or fourth fight, I pretty much fought all top five fighters from there on. Um, my, I think it was my fourth pro fight. I fought Mia St. John as a replacement fighter uh, for one of my stable mates, Rita Figueroa, who was a great friend of mine. She fought with Sam Colonna. Um, she was one of my sparring partners. I grew up with her in the amateurs, but she was supposed to fight Mia St. John um, in Indiana um, and got hurt a week before, like four days, five days before the fight. And so I told Sam, that was actually, I was fighting at featherweight 126 and that fight was at lightweight 135. And I said, I was just waiting with my clothes on. Like, I just want the exposure. Like, I know I can beat her. Um, so I took that fight on like four days notice. Um, I won the decision in Indiana against Mia St. John on my foot. I'm pretty sure it was my fourth pro fight. Um, from that fight, I fought um, the likes of Janine Garside, um, Ellen Nunez. I fought Alicia Ashley. Um, I fought... Mia St. John again in Mexico because she wanted a rematch because she thought the fight was fixed, even though I wasn't mm -hmm. from there and I was a replacement fighter. So I fought her for her WBC title in Mexico um, and won unanimous decision in Mexico, took the belt home from there. Um, I fought uh, Mary McGee um, when she was 17 and 0 in her hometown and gave her her first loss. I'm trying to think of any, if I missed any of the big, there's probably some other ones that I'm missing, but those are like the, the ones that stick with me. So you didn't fight oh, no girl too in Canada. What was that? Basically, you didn't fight no Canada. Oh, absolutely not. No. no, I wanted to make a name for myself and I wanted to show no mercy. Uh, like I said, it was just me and him working. So I probably could have took a different, sometimes looking back on it, I'm like, man, I wish I would have took a different path because if people look at my record, they always want, what's your record? What's your record? My record don't matter. Look at who I fought. Look at where I fought them. So I don't have that perfect record. Um, but anybody who's close to me or anybody that really knows boxing, if you actually go, eventually I'm going to post all my fights online because I want people to see them. I never let people fight my, put my fights on YouTube because I want people to study me. So whenever mm -hmm. somebody would post one of my fights, I would, hey, that's copyright, take it down. I didn't want people studying me. So I didn't want my fights out there like that. Mm -hmm. um, but now yeah. that I'm retired, I'm going to work on actually posting all my fights so people can actually see the whole fight instead of just a clip of a minute where somebody put where, you know, maybe they were hitting me or for 20 seconds or whatever. Um, but everybody that I've ever talked to in boxing that actually watched the fights, there may be one, maybe two that could have went either way. Otherwise, I don't think that I lost any of those fights. It was because of they were defending a belt in their hometown um, and it went the distance. So I didn't get the decisions. Um, so that's just how I feel. I mean, 
we'll let the whole world kind of watch them and kind of let me know what they think. But um, everybody that I've ever talked to in boxing that really knows boxing that have I've let watch the fights, they're like, honestly, I don't think you lost that fight. But that's just the business. If you know boxing, you know how that goes. And if you if you don't win by knockout, typically in somebody's hometown when they're defending a title, you're not going to win. But I so, fought the best of the best. They were all top five after my third fight. So, what was your diet like? Um, I didn't actually diet. People always ask me that. I oh, so here's the thing with me is I fought at what I walked around at. So I wasn't one of those where a lot of people are like, oh, I'm weighing 140. I'm going to go down to 118 and fight because then I'm bigger. I'm stronger. I Whatever I walked around at, that's what I fought at. So like in my amateur career, I started at 138 when I was in the amateurs after the military. I was, you know, then by the time I went pro, I had lost enough weight that I fought at featherweight 126. Um but I walked around at 126 or maybe 128 tops, uh, sometimes 124. But I didn't want to starve myself or have to be on that rigorous diet and dehydrate myself to the point where I felt like I can't perform because I just drained my body. And now I'm trying to put it all back in a couple hours to fight tomorrow. Um, a lot of people do that and they could pull it off. I didn't want to put my body through that ups and downs in the weights. I just didn't think it was healthy. Um, so I fought at what I walked around at. So I ate whatever I wanted, pretty much. <laughs> I ate whatever. Oh, wow. um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't, there was one fight actually when I fought Alicia Ashley in New York for, uh, I think it was, I don't know if it was NABF or WBC title. Um, they called me and they were like, oh, 122. And I'm like, oh, that's easy. I can lose four pounds. Like it's four pounds. Well, I was pretty Back then, I was pretty much in great shape. There wasn't much to come off, but I'm thinking four pounds, that's easy. That was the hardest thing I ever did in my life was losing four pounds for that fight, going from 126 to 122, because I didn't have anything to lose. There was nothing to come off. So literally, I was eating, I think the day, like the week before, I was eating salads like once a day, and I was drinking water like spits of water. But I felt that at the fight. I mean, because... I mean, at the way the day before, I couldn't even eat because I didn't think I was going to make weight. And it was a title fight. So I'm like, I'm not going to not make weight. So I, I barely made it. I was like 121 and a half, I think, um, when I weighed in. Um, but it was very, very hard to do. Some people are like, oh, four pounds. Well, when you don't have four pounds, that's a lot. Um, but yeah, that fight, I, was, I wasn't the same fighter that fight. I mean, you could feel, you just felt like heavy and just tired. Like your whole body just felt like it was like a lot to hold up your arms. And it, it takes a lot out of you to get that dehydrated. And there's just not enough time for me anyway, personally, to get that energy back by the next day. Um, so, yeah, I would have never done that again. But I fought all the way from 122 all the way up to one featherweight or lightweight 135 where I had my title. But I would just go back and forth. But I was always walking around. I always just weighed in um, when I was fighting at 135. You know, I just ate more just to gain a few pounds, just so you could be within that that range of weight that you could be in. I agree with you on that. Do some shop. I wouldn't have been able to. I, me personally, I wouldn't have been able to pull that. If I'm hungry, I'm hungry. 
Yeah. And I'm, it's I, hard. I mean, I probably could have did it more if I, I mean, my husband actually, he knows like how to eat properly. He knows like the vitamins and the, you know, the proteins to put back in your body after you work out to keep it not sore and all that, which I'm so thankful for because I would have been, I have, I don't know any of that stuff. I just do whatever he told, whatever he told me to do. But um, I could have definitely went down. I could, if I really wanted to, I could have went down in weight and cut it properly. But I just didn't want to do, I didn't want to. So I, I'm like, whatever I'm weighing, that's what I'm fighting at. If they want me to go up, cool, but I'm not going down. <laughs> that's just how I was because I didn't want to do it. Facts. I believe in that. I, let me ask you this. Women and equality. When you were fighting, what were some of the challenges that you faced when women wanted to fight, if, if any? Um, I mean, back when I was fighting, I mean, I, it was a while ago, um, but back when I was fighting, I mean, the, the most I ever made was $4,000 and that was for my title fight in Mexico. Wow. I mean, that belt, the men make millions, I mean, millions of dollars for that belt. Um, and I also had to be out there a week early, you know, for the press conference and, you know, the press conferences and the pre-fight workouts and all that stuff. You know, so you have to, as a female mom working, you have to take time off work uh, to go to the fights. So you're losing pay there. So, you know, deduct that out of how much you made. Um, you know, then you got to pay, pay for stuff while you're there. You got you got to do all that on your own. Um, I guess the biggest thing for us was that I'm liking seeing now is the pay is equality is getting better. Um it was very hard to be um, a main event or a co-main event back when I was fighting. Um, it was also very hard to be televised, to have your fights televised. Um, I was on the Best Damn Sports Show. Um, I was televised on the Best Damn Sports Show when I fought in California. Um, and I'm trying to think. I know the the fight, my title fight in Mexico, I don't, I know it was televised over there. I'm not sure if they streamed it here. Um, they may have streamed it here. I, I can't remember, but we were the co-main event for that one. Um, I don't know that I, I'm trying to think if I ever, I think there was maybe once or twice that I was, we were the main event. I think when I fought Mary, we were the main event. I'm pretty sure. Um, I know in Canada, when I fought Olivia Garula, uh, we were the main event there. Um, but yeah, I mean, just the, the biggest thing was the pay. Um, most of my fights were between 800 and $2,000. Um, I had the one wow. fight that was $4,000 for the belt that I won, which I'm sure Mia made <laughs> way more than me because she was a lot more known then. Um, but the, the quality and pay, like us as women, we don't want to be judged as female or male. It, it's boxing. We don't want, eventually I would like it to be like, you know, just bo this boxing belt's coming on, not all oh, the females, the headliner. It, there shouldn't be a difference in, in any sport for that matter. Um, I wish all sports for women were equal in pay, in exposure, um, you know, all of that stuff. Uh, we, I feel personally as a female, um, women work harder than men. You know, men, they, they take their, they go to their training camp, they go away. They're not at home taking care of the kids. 
uh, they're not with their family. You know, most of the times they go away for camp and it's just them and their trainers for that, you know, that month or two that they're at their training camp as a mom, uh, you know, beings, I wasn't making enough money not to work. You're working that nine to five. You're going to the gym two, three hours at night. You know, then you got your kids. Then you got to go to bed, get up, get the kids ready for school, you know, make dinner, make lunch, take the kids to school, pick them up, go to work. You know, it's like a, it's a cycle. Um, so I feel like women actually have to earn, endure more um, than the men do. I feel like they have it easier, yet they make more money. I don't, I don't really see that. Um, and I feel that the women's fights are more exciting 90% of the time. It's it's just you're going head to head pretty much the whole fight. You know, there's not that running and bicycling around. Most females don't do that. They want to stand toe to toe and put on a good fight um, where a lot of times they get the men, they just want to bicycle around and not get hit. And women aren't thinking that they're thinking, let's go like, like let's put on a good show. Like you hit me, I'm gonna hit you harder type of thing. Um, but it, it's hard when you're trying to work a full-time job take care of kids, be a mom and train enough to be on that level. Um, which is kind of why after I had my second daughter, after I won my title, that's why I didn't, that's why I retired. Um, because at that point I had two kids, I had already had the belt. I still wasn't making money. I loved the sport, but yet it still is a very dangerous sport. I mean, it takes one punch and you could be, you know, it, you could, die you could have brain damaged and i had too many too many other things to think about at that particular time um my, me and my husband laugh all the time now that women are actually starting to make money and get the exposure i mean i just try i'm only 41 i've thought about coming out of retirement but i'm just like eh. man that's a lot of work it's a lot of work um i just don't know if i have the energy to do it anymore but i know a lot of girls that i fought with um, at the time have come back out of retirement. Hey, we're going to, we're going to put school, all these youngins, we're going to teach them how to do it. But it's a lot of work, but I wish that I would have just got one of those good paydays before my time was up, but I'm glad to have been a part to help pave the way for this next generation. Facts, facts. Do you agree with the, um, women, I mean, wanting to get the three minutes, how do you feel about that? You think that'll be better? Um, you know, a lot of people say that's a lot of, well, a lot of people say that's why they don't pay as much because you don't fight three minute rounds. Well, medically speaking, I guess if you actually look into the background and all of the studies they've done on, um, like the women's brains and bodies versus the men's brains and bodies, they, the men can absorb more punches with less damage. They've done studies on it. Um, which is why I think they still haven't allowed the three minute rounds. Um, women can't, their, their brains and stuff, they can't absorb that many punches before there's damage as the men can, which is why they, they do that. Um, I did fight one, one fight that was the three minute rounds because the judges or whoever was doing the time forgot that women were supposed to two, fight two minute rounds and we fought three minute rounds. It was an accident, but they didn't end up calling that fight a draw because they realized halfway through that it was supposed to be two minutes and switched it to two minute rounds. So we fought half three minutes and half two minutes. So they couldn't, they couldn't really call anything because they messed the whole fight up. So they just called it a draw, which whatever at the time, but 
Um, yeah, I think it's just more for safety for the women. Yes, I would be happy to fight three minute rounds. I'm sure 90% of the females out there would fight three minute rounds if it meant equality. Um, if that's all it took, we train three minute rounds. I don't know any female fighter that trains three minutes when we're sparring, we're sparring three minute rounds with one minute break, or I used to do 30 minutes, 30 seconds in between with three minute rounds. So we train it just like the men do. We can easily do it. I think just for safety reasons, they, they don't want um, to see women get, you know, brain damage or concussions and all of that stuff. Um, I guess just because we're women and we're mothers, but we could do it. I don't think that it'll happen anytime soon, to be honest with you. I, I got a question to ask you. You know, oftentimes uh, when the effort boxing report, well, we not only talk about, you know, boxing, but we also talk, talk about this is a very unique uh, interview because I'm, I'm speaking to I'm speaking to a, a married woman whose husband has been a part of her journey, her, you know, a career, personal. Y'all have brought some some beautiful kids and, and so i just want you to share with our, our viewers um how hands your marriage and your relationship with your husband prior to excuse me the boxing industry together um you said how have we what how have y'all you know um enhanced has has boxing taken y'all marriage to a different level or has it been times where painting on the marriage you know sometimes when married couples do things together it either tighter or it'll just separate them yeah i should actually he's upstairs i should actually have him come down and answer this man come on hey so um i'll text him and tell him to come down but um I would say for us, there was many ups and downs with, okay, us doing the boxing together because he'll tell you, hey, babe, can you come down here? They want to ask you a question. Okay. Um, with us in boxing, I'm wait, very- Wait, 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 hold on. Wait, 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 What'd you say? What is your husband? He's upstairs. No, what is his name? Oh, his name is Chris. Okay, Chris. Chris. Okay. Yeah, Chris. So he'll probably say the exact same thing when he comes down here. But um, for our, I'm very, hmm, I'm very stubborn, I guess would be a good word for it. So when we were training, he would always get mad because if I was working with a different trainer and they would tell me to do something, I wouldn't always say the same thing to him that I would say to a different trainer. So because I was, and I used to be like, well, I'm, but I'm comfortable with you, babe. So like, I can say whatever I want to say. Like I can be like, yeah, uh, absolutely not doing that crap today. I don't want to. Well, I wouldn't say that to somebody else. So he would get mad because he's like, well, you wouldn't say that to somebody else. So just do it. And I'm like, but it's you. So. No the same thing. 
I go through the same thing at the gym. Yeah. So that's kind of how the whole, our whole boxing career went with that. And then, um, he's coming down, but there's that. And then even now we own a, a, bit, a barbecue business. It's just hard working with your spouse sometimes. So he wants to ask you a question. Mm. <laughs> so here, you want Mason in the photo? My son is down here too. Okay. Here we, he wants to ask you a question. I love this. You and yourself? They can't hey, see you. Chris, what's going on, Chris? Focus. Yeah, you're in the wrong spot. Here, I can move. You can come right here. I'll stand behind you. Hello. What's up, Big Chris? Hey, no, hey look here, Big Dog. How are you doing? Hey, Big Dog, let me go ahead, so Big Dog. Please thank you for your service. Thank you. You're welcome. Anytime. Hey, listen, man. So I was asking your wife, bro, like, you know, with your spouse, it can cause a division. You know, all types of things can come in between envy. Oh, you may not be doing this. You may not be doing that. But then sometimes working can take the marriage to a different level, you know, can make you even closer. I want you to share it with your journey with Brooke. Has it made y'all marriage tighter or, or it made it you know what i'm saying man? <laughs> um it's hard um working with the spouse because sometimes the things that you can say or do to others you don't really want to say or do to your spouse during training or in general um Brooke is a stubborn fighter. Uh, so it was it was it was definitely hard. But for me, um I can give you some things and then you have to learn from your mistakes after the rest of it. So you don't have to listen to me, but in the end, it'll come out and you'll just you'll know either either during sparring or in the fight when we're already there you know it's too late for me to make a change or an adjustment because now we're here so at this point what we didn't get we're not going to at this point we're, it's too late to so you have to go back to the drawing board and look at um what happened before and make that change otherwise you'll just keep doing the same things over and over if you had to do it all over again, what type of things would you change in terms of communicating with her? What you wanted to implement in her boxing technique, considering that, you know, specifically for the women and what you see women boxing today compared to what two years ago when you was training your wife, what is it that you would do differently? What would I do different? Um, I definitely would skip some of the challenges and dig deeper. I, I basically took everything at face value where when it came to uh, a promoter or a matchmaker versus um, them saying it's a neutral ground or it's just, you know, I'm just promoting both fighters. I'm not 
um, by no means attached to either fighter. And then you, you show up at the fight venue and the guys walking around with a binder with the opposite fighters whole face on the front of it. And then wow. you kind of just like, wait a minute, we're not so neutral there. And then, you know, Brooke is the fighter. So it's kind of hard for a fighter to say something that defends them without them saying that it's a complaint because they lost. Um, to me, as far as her record goes and the people that she fought, the, um, the losses that she has, she didn't lose, uh, to any of them if she had a chance to do it all again, if we would have had an opportunity to do it a different way, she wouldn't have lost any of her fights. But I'm saying that from a from the not from just being her spouse or trainer. It was because I also was the guy that talked to most of the promoters and the matchmakers and to, to get the fight put together and then you got the one fight where she wins the, the whole beginning of the fight and loses the last two rounds, and then they she loses the whole fight. Um, you go to one fight show. Brooke was ranked number three in the world. Janine Garside was ranked number one in the world. And they told us that she was having trouble getting across the border from Canada. And I took that at face value. We never saw Janine, not once. We were there for three, four days. We never saw her until she walked out to come into the ring. We didn't see her on the scale. We didn't see her at the motel. They said that um, she didn't get a chance to make the weigh-ins. Uh, we were there. They said she made weight. And one of the guys said, I'm the commissioner. I wouldn't put my title or life or anything on the line and tell you that she made weight and i said well you know i need to see her on the scale mm -hmm. he said she made weight i never saw it in, in my life i never saw her get on the scale i only saw her when i got to the fight and when she got ready to walk out of the back um that's the first time we saw her and it was like fighting two people she was twice Brooke's size when she got in wow. there. And and she she fought hard. I mean, it was a it was a uh, it was a heck of a fight. Um it, uh, that fight was ridiculous. Uh, um and another reason why I know she was overweight because the promoter asked Brooke to reweigh in, but with all of her clothes on and to try to put something heavy in her pockets. Mm. Because if you're off weight too much, then they the commission is not supposed to let the fight happen. If the weight is too much in between the two fighters. Mm -hmm. But they fought anyway. Um, and I tried to get Brooke to pull out, but that's not who she is as a person. <laughs> She's going to fight anyway. I'm not a quitter. 
it had nothing to do with I quitting. It, I had too many families that it, drove on with that too. It just made sense at that point because it's too many red flags. We, right. we can do it another day. You know, we don't have to do it now. We can fight her down the road. Um, but I would basically dig deeper as to where I'm taking her and who uh, the promoter and who's putting the show on um, was doing it. But then back then, you could argue um, for a better purse, but you weren't going to get it. It was basically like you either take the fight that you're being given or they'll just call a dead body. Mm. Somebody's going to fight and then it wouldn't be Brooke. It was hard enough when she was 4-0 with three knockouts. Um, a lot of the fighters will try to say that they didn't say no to a fight, but if we asked, somebody in the camp said no. I mean, we were trying to get a warm-up fight before um, there was somebody we was going to fight. We wanted a fight in between, and we took, and I'm not putting the fighter down, um, at all but we took mary mcgee's resume and we picked eight or nine names off of that list and gave them to the we were going to fight in chicago we gave them to the commission for her to fight and they said no to everybody wow they said no that book is too dangerous of a fighter for her to fight this person she'll physically hurt her and that was right after they had got deemed for a fighter that um, they deemed okay. And she actually ended up having to have brain surgery because she had bleeding on the brain. So right behind that, every fighter that came along, especially when Brooke fought because her hands are heavy, they wouldn't let her fight them. So we were kind of stuck. I know it kind of sounds crappy but we didn't have we couldn't fight anybody else like we couldn't fight down the list and get like a, a, a number 13 or 15 or and we got to fight um what's the chick that you fought in chicago that you started out fighting three rounds and then they switched to two oh, rounds ashley curry I was a okay yeah that. ashley curry we we they they got her from somewhere that the uh fight promoter ended up getting Ashley Curry and the fight was weird because it started off and it was two rounds at three rounds and then they finished off with two rounds and they were literally boxing back and forth in the second round and they just stopped and was just like this is past two minutes like they're looking at each other like i know it's supposed to be a break right now and so went over excuse me went over to the table and said hey they're supposed to be fighting two minutes and he was like well nobody told me that i said well, how many women's fights have you ever done <laughs> you should have to tell you it's two minutes it's been that way forever and a day so then they went to two minutes, but since they went to two minutes, they said it's a draw. There's wow. nothing we can do about that. Um, I, I, I wanted to ask you, like, now that you have kids, children, being a promoter, you've been a trainer, uh, 
uh, you've been the manager, uh, allow your kids to follow in the footsteps of your wife, becoming a... Um, if they want to, um, it's up to them. But if, if I know that you're not going to do it, then it's a no for me. Because, I don't know, if I train you for something, I, I really want you to do it. I don't, I'm not going to be more motivated to put you in shape than you are for yourself. So if you show me that you're motivated to do something, then I will kick in my motivation. But my motivation is, is not for you. Give me your motivation and then I can show you what we can do from there. But mm -hmm. I, I'm not dragging a dead horse. We have three kids. We have a 19-year-old. I don't know if you can even see oh. me. But we have a 19-year-old. She's not that type of kid. Mm -hmm. uh, would never box. Wouldn't. We tried to get her into it just to, for self-defense, but just not her. Um, our middle one is 10. She'll be 11 in February. Um, she's the one where she would. She wants her dad to teach her how to box. He just hasn't done it yet. She plays too much. Yeah, she she's not ready mentally yet uh, for it, but she has the mindset for it. Like she she can be an angel and a little sweetie, but she's really like got that devil side to her, she's which you gotta have for boxing. You gotta have some kind of mental. She's mean. She's just meanness mean. in there to do that. Um, and then we've got, you know, my 17 month old son that we just had. So we got two girls and a boy. He, he probably, we have no idea what he'll be yet. Cause he hasn't got the personality out yet, but he, um, probably would want his son to do it over the girls. I don't know that I'd want either, even my other one, maybe more so now that it's kind of growing, but just knowing what I know about the sport, the ins and outs and the, the dirty side of boxing, uh, men and women, but worse on the women's side i don't know that i'd want my daughter to go through that i would never tell her no well, I, you know I, I i believe this is me based on just listening and just looking at the journey that y'all been through to be able to experience you know i think in order to be a master at a craft in anything you must and i just believe like Y'all have something unique and the unique. Y'all both uh, occupy different parts of boxing. Meaning the boxer, you was the trainer, you was the promoter, you was the manager. And I think as y'all have something special that you can incorporate into either your young, the, the your young, young son. And me personally, man, I believe that you to develop a world champion. I think that you going with Brooke early on and understanding the game and understanding that. And I think that, bro, I believe in you. You know what I'm saying? I ain't never seen you. Just listening to you, uh, you, you come off as a man that's very Anything that someone wants to accomplish, you want that person to put and boxing you have to put that hundred percent man and so like like yes, i do. hope not too distant future that that we will have an opportunity to, to so either your 
middle daughter or your youngest son, your only son at this point down the road. But right now, he is the one that y'all can come together, man. You know, this a world champion because, you know, your wife, she was level, but she didn't reap the, the benefits of it. And sometimes I think that maybe for someone to reap the benefits, they must reach that pinnacle. So become a WBC world champion. And she know what it takes to be there. And I think that it's already okay. Hey. Okay. Okay. Love it. Okay. You see what I'm saying? No mercy. No mercy. No cap. Yeah, no cap. You can see, man. And we excited about this, man. You feel what I'm saying, man? For sure. No, like, I ain't telling you, bro. Like, like, man, me and my wife, bro, we love to see other couples and for a common goal, man. And I, I know, uh, what, next week we'll be married. We're 14. Yeah, next year. And I'm happily married. I'm yeah. I'm not that. My bad, my bad, bro. My bad. Hold on, 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 uh, no, tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Tomorrow be fourteen years. So when I see a couple that's you know still together, man, then went through some old life and through some limits. So you done made lemonade with with the limits that y'all was you know good to see good folks, man. Real talk, and man, I just just hope that man one one of your child will be able to have the passion for the sport of boxing. Man, because I'm telling you, man, y'all too for real, bro. Y'all make a good team, bro. Years, and I, I believe in y'all. Yep. What was that? 21 years we've been together. That's 21. I don't even know. Uh, <laughs> I love it, man. She was just invited over to my house just to do this interview. I was a baby when he met me. I had just turned 21. You invited over here just to do this interview. She'll be gone as soon as y'all get off. He's so full of it. Oh, I got to ask Brooke about what happened on October 22nd. October 22nd, 2022. You have to talk to Okay. Yes, sir. I don't know. Put that in there. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's official. It's official. Yes. Yeah. Um, All the famous. No cap. Well, there's more to come. Hopefully. Hopefully more to come. But um, the International Women's Boxing Hall of Fame. When we got that call, I, I think I was speechless for probably the first time ever. Um, <laughs> when Sue Fox called me. Um, Sue has done so much for women's boxing, but, um, no, when I first got the call that I was being inducted in, that was just truly just put the icing on top of the cake that all that hard work and, you know, giving up time with the kids and, you know, all the hours in the gym and 
us fighting, bickering through the training and all of that, you know, it paid off because that's that's top of the line. That's what your you know your goal is at the end of your career is to leave a mark, you know, in the, in the sport um, and making the Hall of Fame just kind of makes you feel like all that was worth it, um, and and you made the goal. So hopefully we, we got more to come. But yeah, the International Women's Boxing Boxing Hall of Fame in Vegas that was surreal that was i'm still trying to soak it all yeah, it's in. not just like it's not like just having a name in boxing but it's a name that's basically cemented in that you Legendary. can't you can't take it away it's like if you want to look at this person they're actually in the hall of fame not just a fighter there's a lot of fighters that fought that were great but never made it that far or made into the hall of fame but it's like having a star on the on the hollywood's little walk of fame you know, unless someone chisels that out it's going to be right there yeah yeah that was um nah, yeah. yeah still trying nah, to nah, nah. amazing people that we met who presented to you your who presented the plaque to me um sue fox yeah. um, okay sue fox and um wanda countess was also she's like one of the head um on the board um she was also there so i think me and her were the ones that took the picture with the plaque they're the ones that actually presented it to me so chris how did you feel inducted into the hall of fame when she got that wbc belt uh how did i feel about it um i was happy for her because um most people like I said, doesn't don't get to see the inside of what the fighter actually has to do and go through to turn the pages of, of a book to get to the end of it. Like it's more than just fighting. It's 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 boxing, it's training, it's sacrifice, it's tears, it's hard work that you put in and, and then you don't win and then you don't know, you know, some people box and and it may not mean a lot to them but people that put themselves in it and they are not only fighting for everyone else but they're fighting for themselves because they are boxing like this is boxing means more than just watching it on tv to me or just it's not a show it, this is boxing this is who i want this is what i want to be so it meant a lot more to her than what some of the promoters for them fighters come in and come out fighters some fighters just fight just to just to say man i'm a pro i'm a fighter and and they don't care if they win or lose but guess what i'm fighting that doesn't mean anything that that you just fighting that makes no sense but if you're trying to make a name for yourself and you hit a high point and then you start hitting lows because you run into bad people um and then she ended up uh becoming the champion from beating mia and then it was kind of blank so to speak after there wasn't much else going on and for her to go into the hall of fame i think she earned it before she got i know there's a process but i, I know she's earned it not just from um fighting in the ring but the dedication that she gave to the sport despite 
everything that she's fought against that didn't have a glove on. Mm -hmm. So I was very happy that she made it to the Hall of Fame because she, to me, she she deserved it. Um, and I don't ever give a recommendation or anything just because I know someone or I'm related to them or even if it's my wife. If I, if I feel another way, you'll know I feel the opposite way of, of, of something. I just want to say that you are, are an amazing person. Have, have something in common. You are humble and husband how you and your husband are, are because like you're sharing you all are sharing the spot together and then you are to lead and be up front and I see how with the female fighters and some of them like to be called athletes take and cooking and cleaning and working and then trying to, to really be a great wife trying our attitude when, when we may be feeling some way sometimes have a great amount of respect for you because just during this podcast watching operate and then how you all operate together you really and it's like your, your humbleness broke really speaks volume so when everybody sees this positive they listen to it I really hope that they take key notes of really what's going on now because a lot of the women, some of the fighters, in my opinion, I believe have forgotten where they come from, what they had to go through to get to where they're at now. It's, but you're an amazing woman. I'm never going to forget you. As a matter of fact, we are cut. Yeah. And, and, and also, when you post your fights, Post it on the Stafford Boxing Report on, on Facebook. We, we would love to, you know, support you. Like you said, you're retired now, so posting your fights on social media won't give the advantage because no, they won't right have an opportunity right. to study you. So uh, I'm, I'm going to break it up. One is, is so, so you see the female fighters today about the talent. What do you think about? about the promoters, uh, Chris, and who, who are the top female fighters from your point of view? <laughs> I told them before, we, we, we've talked many times over the last year or so about coming out of retirement. Because um, if we did, I think there was a, there's a lot of ghosts that we could bring home today. <laughs> From watching today's fighters, forget about yesteryear's fighters or yesterday's yeah. fighters. Um, when Brooke fought, there was a tough, there was a whole you could shake them out of a sack, it was a sack full of tough 
uh, competitors back then. Um, but they were all like that to the point where anywhere from one to five was basically, to me, it was almost like if it was too dangerous of a fight, because see, Brooke didn't have a lot of fights, but they all took her as dangerous because she was knocking people out. So we got stuck um, fighting whoever we could fight, which meant that we would fight the people that was in the top five within the choice. Um, and today's, <clears throat> I like a lot of the female fighters, but trying to rank them, I'm trying not to be biased. <laughs> you asked me, a, you asked for a real answer and you asked me and that's you you asked me a hard question i think i i the only thing i can be is honest i don't know because there's not enough opposition to find out how great you are in order for me to know how great of a fighter you are you have to fight great opposition and we're short on opposition that's great. Um, so it's hard for me to, to rank this because I need to see a ch a challenges like nobody that's made or uh, fabricated or I need you to fight a real fight. I need you to fight someone that's going to fight you just as hard as you're fighting them. Um, not someone that has a great record, but they can't fight. We've got a lot of those. You can see them any day you want to. Yeah, paper champions. Um, I don't. I don't call them. Are you gonna say any names, Chris? He's not. Uh, no. He's not gonna disrespect Cause, cause, cause you, you. You. know what I'm saying? You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Man, can't ahead, shake it up. I, I can't shake it up. I can't. I can't say. <laughs> Go ahead. What? Say whatever you're gonna say. I wasn't gonna say that. Yes, you're thinking about it. No. Uh, <laughs> Katie, Katie Taylor can can. Katie can, Taylor's great. She's good. I think she's one of the. She is. Uh, she will go down to one of the best females in boxing history. I think the problem with today's girls, a lot of them, is they forget about who paved the way. There well, are well, so you gotta get. You gotta. You gotta give me. You also, if you give me a name, I can reiterate on a name. <laughs> Oh, you want him okay. to give you a and say what you all think right, about all it? Right. Okay. Now, hold up, hold up, hold up. Get to it. What about Clarissa I Shields? Ask that. How did you ask me that? <laughs> uh, I what, love You Clarissa. want my opinion or hers? We have two different opinions. I mean, I want both of them. We got two different opinions. Both. 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 You go um, first. I love Clarissa Shields. I think she she will also go down as one of the best females ever. Um, I wish that there was better competition for her um, than what's presented. And that's not her fault. So I don't take anything away from her for that. Um, but everybody that she's fighting, they have all great records. But like she says in all her interviews, they haven't fought anybody. They haven't fought top fighters. They're just 24 and 0 with 20 knockouts because they fought to make you know, cans. paper cans over here. So anybody can do that, but you have to be, you have, it has, 
Yeah. Anybody can fight anybody, paper can, anybody, tomatoes. Anybody can't do it. Be undefeated. It has to be allowed first. Well, yes, it has to be allowed. So anybody can't do it because I, I couldn't do that. Well, anybody can't um, I just wish there was better opposition. I think she is very skilled. She is a great fighter. Um, she will go down one of the best in history. Um, I, I wish that she would be more humbled as far as the history in women's boxing. And where it started, I'm, I'm and not who even, paved the way for her to get to that level that, of acknowledgement and making the money and all of that. I mean, granted, yes, she did the Olympics. Great, we weren't allowed the Olympics. Well, here's my problem with everything as a whole. It's not even for me. It's not even about being humble for specific individuals. The history. I would like for you to be better as a person. I don't, I don't, I don't, it, Come on. It, it, yes, there's boxing. I get that there's boxing. I get there's champions. I get that there's not a lot of opposition out there to find out if you are the greatest woman of all time. I'm never going to put a crown on myself to someone else didn't give me. That's how you become a king or a queen. Someone gives you that. You don't give it to yourself. If you think you earned it, then let somebody crown you. If you have a knight from back in the day, he didn't wake up and call himself a knight. He was knighted. That means someone else gave him that title. I'm not a knight until the person knights me. Then I'm a knight. You don't become king or queen until someone calls you a king or queen. I'm not going to wake up tomorrow and call myself the king. Where, where's my kingdom? But now let's skip that and go to being a better person for yourself. Yes, I know that, you know, talking back and forth is part of the game. But we as a people need to be better for us, for our kids, for the other people's kids that are watching you, for other people's kids that read your comments that not are not supposed to be on social media, but they want to follow this person and then they they sneak in and then they read your comments and you F this or D this or this mother and then this and you're like, dude, come on now. We you'll never be able to reach a different platform of what you own if you don't change how you are as a person. Why don't you want to be more than just the GW? The quote, why don't you want to be on, on a commercial with all the other people? Why don't you want to be on television or somewhere spreading a better word for up-and-coming fighters, for up-and-coming youth, for someone that looks up to you as an individual and not just the greatest woman of all time? That share what you know and share what you've learned in a positive. Stop Stop frowning up for the camera every time someone sees you to show that you're tough that doesn't mean anything you end up in the same stereotype as they want you to become they want you to be in that same little patch of people but we can't put on tv because you don't know what she's gonna say well now you've put yourself in a boat now you'll only be a person that wears gloves that's the only thing you can do you can only wear gloves now you can't be a spokesperson for maybelline you can't wear different people's clothing brands you can't be any of those things because you don't have any self-control over yourself you're not marketable from mainstream no. at all none zero zero 
I mean, I don't know. And but for them, I mean, it's a, a, a basically for some of us as creatures of habitat. You'd rather be known from a friend from wearing Gucci or Versace or something, but but then that's it. It's all about self status. You don't want to change for everyone else or the people you're not even thinking about those people that look up to you that doesn't wear a boxing glove there's people that read your comments that never laced up a glove in their life think outside of that think past that you see Layla ali in almost anything she's marketable for one because of her father's name i don't know how much more marketable she would be without that last name don't even know if she would have fought without that last name the, the name has carried her a long way but outside of that you don't see a lot of other fighters doing absolutely anything i mean evander holyfield was 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 on mcdonald's commercial i mean floyd tried to do a couple of commercials um but some of the the guys of today they don't we don't have a lot of sports role models that go above and beyond their sport Hmm. if you that's why that's it's important for you you and brooke to to one day either your son or your daughter uh has that niche for fighting and you talk talking that knowledge you know we need to see a byproduct that y'all obtain along y'all journey y'all can implement that into uh your mate have a passion for boxing because we need to see examples. Start for people to make a change if they don't have, have the price thing. Just my humble opinion. This by listening to you both and seeing you guys do that, man. Y'all can man the knowledge that y'all have from going through, you know, the joy to look for it and the promoters, you know not to be finessed with this you know people say well hey man my son or my daughter is very remarkable because you know how to put yourself outside of that box to go into the mainstream i have what it takes to produce a world champion be it male or female i love what you stand for and i think that by y'all serving the country mindset that discipline and boxing is a, a very disciplined sport so now in that military background that's key for a, a fighter to world champion and so man I, I i just think that you guys have what it takes to be a great couple yes y'all are a role model yes 20 years of being sustainability that is credible now, your wife was, was a bruiser. You now seeing the game from what you've seen and different techniques and stuff like that, bro. I'm telling you, bro, y'all got what it takes to produce. And what Brooks didn't get from a purse perspective, y'all kids. That's just my opinion. Now, you do what you do because you don't have of your home, whatever. But as you can see, it's a lot of money to be made now. And Brooke talked about is, you know, paying 
the dudes having respect and honor for those. We are big fans of uh, Lady Tiger. Uh, yeah. You know, and she, she fought when there wasn't a restroom in the boxing gym. She paved the way. And she was on our show and she talked about what she faced as a female boxer. And I just think, Chris, just by listening, both of y'all understand how important it is to pay homage for mm -hmm. those who paved the way. So, man. At the inductions, there were, we got a, I got a great opportunity to meet some of the originals. I mean, there was Darlene uh, Buckskin. Uh, I shared a table with her. She was one of the, I think, first Native Americans ever to have a boxing license. Yeah. Um, Ava Jones Young. Uh, there were so many like pioneers of the sport that I was so humbled and honored to have the opportunity to meet. Some of them pioneers can still fight. Oh man, yeah. I mean, some of them walk in there and it's like some of them can still like, fight. Okay, let's go. Um, but I, it was an honor, and and I mean, Tori Nelson was there. It was one that's my time. But I mean, there were so many pioneers of the sport, and in any interview or anything I've ever done, um, Chevelle Hallback was there. That's my girl. That's my road dog. She cornered me when I won my WBC title in Mexico against Mia because Chris wasn't able to go. Um, so Chevelle flew over um, and with Nate Campbell and they cornered me and it, it, I mean, she's my, my boxing sister for life. That's my, my road dog right there. But there were so many people um, that I was honored to be able to meet, but I have always said in everything that I've ever done, you know, I want to thank, I would never say I was the quote. I would say I would, I definitely feel like now I've, made that mark that I will go down in one of the, the best notable names in women's boxing history. Um, but I would never say that because there's so many greats that came before me. I don't know if I could beat them in, sure both, if we were both in our prime. You don't never know. So, I mean, that's just like saying, could could you go back and beat an Ann Wolf, Or could I go back and beat a, you know, a Chevelle Hall? There's so many names that you could go back and look at. And you're like, that would be one hell of a fight. Same thing you do with the guys. I know you some know? female fighters that didn't make it that far that because of oh, lips. No. that um, would have been a force to be reckoned with. But I, I, I guess something that you said earlier, um, some of those things that like you said that can be shared or need to be shared some people are not there to give that information to the fighter so if if no one's there to to, to give the knowledge then who's giving knowledge yes i can teach you um what punch you need to, to counter with if a guy is throwing the right but life skills is something that some coaches don't give a fighter and that's the person that they see most of their life they see them every day uh before a fight when they don't have a fight they're in that gym every single day so i feel like some of the coaches um need to do a better job of the information that they give to the fighter because you don't if you know the fighter 
you might know what they have at home, but you don't know what they've been taught and you don't know what someone's teaching them. So they might need uh, a mentor past just the gloves. They might need something like, hey, you can be better than this. You know, I don't want to see you do that. I don't want to see you say these things on TV. Be respectful. Let her talk her trash. You can say some things back, but limit what you say and how you say it. And hey, everybody hey, look, doesn't Chris, Hey, look, Chris, me and my, you know, we're about to get up out of here. But before we go, and I just shared this with my wife. You, you and your wife, bruh, you don't see what I see, bruh. But, man, y'all sitting on a gold mine is up here. Everything that you saying, Chris, man, it's young boys, some young girls, man, will benefit tremendously from the the fact that y'all been married for over 20 years, bro, that, that in itself brings about crazy. The fact that your wife is a Hall of Famer, bro, she got a belt. She got a belt. It brings about credibility. I don't care if you're a male or a female fighter, bro. Once, bro, they going to listen, bro. And the community, <laughs> the youth, is, is looking for like you guys, bro. Like, Y'all, y'all are the next, next duo, bro. to our mentees. For real. For real, man. I'm going to try to get into motivational speaking. I want to do that. I want to get back to the sport. I want to inspire young girls. I want to be able to do that. And I feel like now that I've made the Hall of Fame, I just got to build my um, fan base back up um, on my social media platforms. But I do want to do that. Um I told him that was my next goal. Obviously, we've always wanted to own a gym. We do own a barbecue business. It's called Champs Smoking Barbecue. Um, so, obviously, it's called Champs because of the champs. But um, so we do do that together. But I do want to get into motivational speaking. I want to be a role model for young women. Um, we do want to go out and speak, um, do signings, do all that stuff. Um, so hopefully, one day I can get you know my platform built back up again to be able to do that. But that's that's what I'm working on now to be able to get back to the sport. Well, first of all, it is a start with us because out there endlessly, that's number one. Number two, give the address of anybody is coming in, in town and those that are going to be watching all, all around what you are. Okay, yeah, we'll do that. I think mm -hmm. somebody asked if I know Natalie Sugar Too Bad Brown. Yes, I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I was going to ask you that too. Yes, I do know who that is. I don't know her personally, but yes, I've yeah, never met her. Bad news. Yeah, bad news. Yeah, I know who it is. Yeah. You don't. Who doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Eddie Barrington said, Huge, you're a true champ. No mercy. Answered that question because I was going to ask you. And I think that. That's it, but get where they can come and get your barbecue, though. Oh, well, we uh, we, we live in Tennessee now, um, so we just have a food truck. It's like a pop-up food truck. The goal is it will be an actual food truck. Um, but we just go to local events. We do catering. We do parties. We do markets. We do events, whatever people need. Um, he does, obviously, the, the meats and all that. I do the, all the other side of it. I do the sides. Um, but yeah, so we do that, but we're in, um, Tennessee right now. Um, but if you go to, you back out, out the way, you're in my way. 
<laughs> go to um, Champ Smoking BBQ on any of social media, Facebook, um, Instagram. You can find our page there. Um, that always tells you where we're at if you're local. Um, I do have um, all my social media is um, Brooke No Mercy, Deardorf Millbrook, hyphen Millbrook, since my married name, um, for Facebook, um, Instagram, um, TikTok, Snap, all that. Um, so you can follow me there on my personal pages. Um, like I said, I do. I'm I'm working on my TikTok presence. I'm trying to grow that as as well as my other social media. Just working on trying to get the name back out there um, more in today's world, so that I can start doing the motivational speaking and um, I just working with young girls and helping them, people who struggle. Um, you know, my big thing in, is uh, my platform is just hit hard in everything that you do because you can't give up and nothing is impossible. And you're going to go through trials and tribulations and struggles and in everything, whether it's just life or boxing or being a parent or, you know, whatever the case may be. But you just can't ever give up and you just have to keep fighting and pushing forward. So um, I think I have a lot to offer, you know as far as my background and things that I've been through in and out of the ring um, with the military and boxing and all that. So hopefully, hopefully that's my next goal. Obviously I want more hall of fames to come rolling in. So hopefully we'll get, we'll get some more of those. Um, and I've ordered my ring. I can't wait till it gets here for my um, international hall of fame ring. It's a two months. I don't know why it takes so long, but can't wait for that to come in, but um, hopefully more hall of fames, but yes, I, I definitely want to be able to work with the youth and um, get the message out to other young girls, up and coming fighters or not. So hopefully we'll get there. Oh, you will just speak it into existence. That's all you have to do. It's already done. Make sure you put it on the Facebook page too. And what we would like love for you to do is a gold nugget for our viewers. And that can just, that's pretty much like a, a motivational. Okay. Uh, like what I would say to them, yes. um, what I would say to any, um, any and all of them, uh, male or female is, um, kind of what I just kind of said for me, there is no quitting. Um, there is no giving up. You, you can't give up on anything. Um, even if you hit rock bottom, well, there's only a way that you can go and that's up. Um, so you just gotta one day at a time, um, you know, you gotta make sure that you are giving it all that you got. Um, you're sticking it out and you're giving it the best you can. And eventually you're going to come back out on top. Um, for me, I, I think I told someone at the induction, I think it was Darlene, I buckskin that I told that I was sharing the table with the pioneer. Um, I said, you know, I kind of wish like looking back on my career, if I, if I could go back and do it differently, like my husband said earlier, I wouldn't have a loss on my record. I would have retired undefeated uh, with more belts. I mean, I fought a lot of title fights. Um, I would have took a different path and ensured that, you know, it wasn't a hometown fight uh, for the title, that it was in neutral ground. So I wouldn't have had to been in my hometown. I very rarely fought in my hometown. Um, but I would have made sure that it was on neutral territory. Um, there was no bias. Um, because like he said, and I said, I don't feel like I lost any of those fights. Um, but 
they told me, which kind of humbled me. Well, yeah, but if you would have went back and did it different and you wouldn't have ended up undefeated, you know, you wouldn't have got the reputation that you have now of the no mercy and the, um, well, when Brooke was fighting, she fought literally anybody, anywhere. Um, she fought the best of the best. Um, she may not always came out on top on paper, um, but she fought the best possible people that you could fight from 122 all the way up to 135. Um, I fought them all. Um, so, I mean, if you go back and that's what I always tell people when they ask me, what's your record? It don't matter. Just go look at who I fought and look at where I fought them and look at their rankings. Um, that's all you need to know. I don't ever say what my record was because it's pointless. Um, I fought the best and I don't, you know, I feel like I won those fights. A lot of people feel like I won those fights, but you know, she humbled me when she said, but you know, if you'd have done it differently, you wouldn't have got the reputation that you have today of being that girl that will fight anybody anywhere, literally. Um, cause a lot of people say that, but you know, they just stay at home and fight at home all the time. Um, <laughs> so it is what it is, but that's, that's what made me who I am today. And, you know, in, in everything, there's so many things outside of boxing, um, that have led to where we are today, but it made me the woman I am today. It made me tough. It made me never quit. It made me never give up. Um, it doesn't matter how bad things get, as long as you keep pushing forward and you don't quit and you hit hard and keep coming, you're going to end up on top. And for all the young female fighters, I had one girl that came up to me at the inductions that was an amateur fighter. And it really humbled me and made me feel real special, which I was, she's like, you're my idol. Like I'm, she was so excited to meet me. And I can remember when I met Chevelle, the first time in California when we fought on the same card, I mean, you're starstruck. You don't know what to say. You're just like, oh, my God, like, that's so-and-so over there. Um, we're all human. We all feel that way. But for someone actually to, to come up to me and do that, um, and she's like, you know, I, I don't have the best record, but, you know, like, I, I really fight all these good people, but I feel like, you know, I'm taking the wrong path. And But then I see you and, like, you know, you fought the best of the best and you didn't win them all because of circumstances, but you're here. Like you're in the hall mm -hmm. of fame. Like that gives me hope that I can still be in that position one day, even though my record isn't turning out the way that I want to be in spotless. So you don't have to have a spotless undefeated record to go down as one of the greatest fighters of all time. Um, so that's why I said, I, I, I would never personally say that about myself because there's so, there's too many names back in the day that I don't know how you could flip a coin. I don't know how that would tie fight would turn out, but in my time there were everybody was warriors. Everybody was dogs. I mean, they were dog fights back then. There's there's a few of them today. I wish there was more um more tough fights like we had back in the day. They're they're not as competitive and tough. I don't feel today, but hopefully they'll, it'll get back up there with some really good competition and some great fights. There's been some really good ones lately, but um, that's just my thing is just keep going. You don't have to be, you can have blemishes. Um, you can have scratches on your record. It's not going to stop you from, from being who you are and being great and being in the hall of fame. That was, that made me realize, like I said, that everything paid off and, every bl blood sweat and tears they say that and it is the truth because i've cried about this game and i have laughed about this game and i have loved the game i've also hated boxing <laughs> so i mean because i've seen it all um good and bad but 
um, blood, sweat, and tears is, is there. But if you just keep pushing forward, your dreams will come true if you believe it. Well, we believe everybody, all of our viewers and those that are going to be listening, they believe it. For sure. So you all, no mercy. For real. No mercy. We heard straight from her. No so cap. we would like so much for being a special guest on the Stafford Boxing Report. We had a great time talking, speaking with you and speaking with your husband. I learned something that I can also take with me that I saw how you and your husband is always a learning experience and always a lesson that I'm willing that I'm a student and I know my husband as well so everybody we all for tuning in and tuning in later but it's about that time that for boxing yeah, let's go. Hey.